Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. is the Rich Eisen Show. Starts running the news. The Houston Astros break out the rules in the Bronx. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He's gone. Touchdown. Brees Hall. Today's guests, two-time Super Bowl champion Chris Long, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, plus Patriots linebacker Matthew Judon. And now... It's Rich yes. Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live in Los Angeles, California, for a big Monday program after week seven in bulk is done in the NFL. The first full week of the NBA season is coming to a close. The World Series is set. It's the Astros against the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll talk about that, the aftermath of what we saw over the weekend, college football, and more. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program on the Roku channel, Channel 210 Terrestrial Radio, Sirius XM, as well as our friends on Odyssey, our podcast listeners. We say hello to you. We also want you to uh, call us, as I mentioned, at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. The first one to call us will be our usual Monday guest, Chris Long, two-time Super Super Bowl champ to talk about everything that went down in week number seven. Mike Florio, we haven't talked uh, with the pro football talk creator uh, and our uh, longtime friend from our days at Peacock. Uh, he'll be joining us at the top of hour number two and then hour number three to set up uh, tonight's Monday night football game. Matt Judon trying to not only beat the uh, Chicago Bears, but take Bill Belichick and the rest of that Patriots team tonight. Uh, put Bill Belichick second on the all-time wins list, passing Papa Bear Hallis going against the Bears. Will it be Mac Jones tonight? Um, and if the Patriots win, that would mean the AFC East has every single team within it above 500. The best team, the best uh, division in the NFL through seven weeks. That's just like we all. By thought. the way, <laughs> don't I, I didn't I, I kind of miss, blew it, but I didn't stutter. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's how we're rolling here on the program. He's an hour number three. Hello, Chris Brockman. How are Hello, you? Hello, Rich. Eyes. You got your Mac to the Future shirt on. Yeah, I expect to see Mac tonight. Are you going to have? Okay, very good. You expect to see him tonight? Is he holding extra tonight. points? Good to stuff, see or? you, sir. Good to see you, sir. Rich, good to good. see you. Mike Del Tufo is in his usual spot. And then uh, TJ Jefferson, how are you, sir? I'm great, Rich. And you know what? A lot of people didn't believe in the Dallas Cowboys, but you know who did? 
God did. How about them Cowboys? Wow. <laughs> God did. I don't know if I'd take credit for that win. It wasn't exactly uh, yeah, I mean, sexy. Hey, look, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you get, is this hockey? Do you get extra points for sexiness? And I am not going, I'm not going to argue that <laughs> as well. As, no. as, as uh, my Jets just won a third in a row, and Zach Wilson hasn't thrown a single touchdown pass in any of them. Oh, we're going to talk about that in an hour, too. That's an uh, overreaction Monday? Yes, sir. Okay, we've got that coming up. Although, to, to be quite honest, like that's a Cooper Rush game. You know, like, okay, don't make any mistakes. Let's just do enough on offense, play enough defense, and get out of and dodge. And the offense was comfortable with that style. So. Exactly. And so Dak coming in and playing boring football, that's exactly what you want to see. Get his sea legs under him, get him nice and ready, and get the lather going. Got the Bears coming in next, then a bye week. And then take on a Packers team that's entirely beatable, and that's how I want to start this program. The Bays, Okay. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, both quarterback by 12s, both quarterback by guys. They're going to be sharing uh, the bust gallery room together in Canton, Ohio, one day whenever they both decide to hang them up. Factual. And you've got two teams right now that when they played each other in week four, we were we we had two actual goats on the set of <laughs> NFL game day morning with uh, Rodgers and Brady jerseys on because it was the battle between the goats in the NFL despite the the youth nah. clearly serving the day right now and we all saw that last week with Allen and Mahomes playing against each other again and we can't wait for another decade plus of that obviously but Green Bay won that game and they haven't won since Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost that game and it wasn't looking pretty at all and then they lost to the Chiefs and then they barely beat Atlanta. They needed some help from Jerome Boger throwing a roughing the passer flag on Grady Jarrett, causing Atlanta to have no shot to get back on the field and try to win that game that they were coming back in. Then Brady goes to Pittsburgh, and just when we thought that uh, – uh, it was an acrosure thing for them in that stadium. Yeah. The Steelers come out of nowhere and start playing football, and Trubisky comes off the bench and looks like um, Mahomes <laughs> on occasion. And you're wondering what the hell's happening, but there's going to be a get-right game this week, clearly. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have no business losing by 18 to a team on an interim head coach who just tw- 48 hours before the game traded away their best player on offense. No business losing to P.J. Walker and Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard with all due respect to all of them, and I know I should have said that in advance. No business losing that football game in front of a fan base that knows the white flag has been raised. And I did say last week that this is how you tank in the NFL is remove the best opportunity for your team to win football games by trading them away but on game day when it's time to toe meet ball you've got some prideful men going out there making sure that their jobs are secure or if there is an exit visa to show everybody out there to show to that that might want to acquire them you should take me too and that's what happened the panthers hit the bucks in the mouth after Mike Evans dropped a surefire touchdown to start the game. Just a minute into the game, 13.38 left on the first quarter clock when Mike Evans dropped a football. And I heard on the radio driving home from NFL Network that according to Next Gen Stats, it was 
the most wide open any receiver had been on a throw over 30 air yards in the air that was dropped cool. all year was long. He, he was 10-plus yards yeah. clear nobody of the next defender. Him. The ball was in the air for over 30 yards, and Mike Evans dropped it. After the game, he took full responsibility. I mean, what else is he going to do? And said that he not only knocked the wind out of his own sails, he knew he did it to his own team. And they didn't score a touchdown the rest of the day, and they couldn't put anything together. And then the defense got run over. They got run over by Foreman and Hubbard. The two guys that, right? The two guys who are making the most of the opportunity that they now have because McCaffrey's gone. You picked up Chubba, right? I did. (laughs) I was thinking about that. I did. Buccaneers had no business losing that football game. But... For me, and I know, they look pretty bad. This is the latest Brady has been un- under 500 in a season since 2002. He's not used to this. He's got to be wondering, what the hell did I come back for this for? Mm-hmm. And the good news for them is, they're still in first in the division. <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. Because Atlanta got blown out by Cincinnati. Ooh. The Saints lost the first game of week seven in Arizona. And the Panthers are two and five. And they're one game ahead of the Panthers and Saints. And they've already beaten the Falcons. So they're in first place. So they could not only make the playoffs, they could have a home playoff game. This could be this year's version of the NFC East a couple of years ago when it was limping to who had the best under 500 record to host a a playoff game. That was won by the Washington football team at the time, and Taylor Heineke nearly bounced Brady. And Heineke's the one who beat Aaron Rodgers yesterday, and that's the team I'm more concerned about. I'm more concerned about the Packers than I am the Bucks, And I know the Packers have more talented, if you will, players on offense, in my mind, young players who can suddenly begin to grow and make some hay than, they, than the uh, Bucks have. And I know I'm talking about a potential future Hall of Famer in Evans and Godwin and Lombardi Lenny, but... It's Lombardi Lenny and Rashad White. In Green Bay, it's Aaron Jones who makes great plays, including yesterday with a couple of touchdown grabs. And they've got Aaron Rodgers, and they've got, if he's healthy, Lazard who had to leave the game. And they've got Dobbs who they drafted. And Christian Watson is just hasn't been able to get the hell out there. And... Tanyan, and they do have a better offensive line too. So why am I concerned? More concerned about them because they are three and four behind a five and one team that's already beaten them. They're going to be in the wild card mosh pit, and if they're in that wild card mosh pit in the NFC, they've already lost to the Giants, who are way the hell in front of them. They'd be lucky to have a tie break against them. Green Bay has beaten Tampa Bay, but they're not going to be in the mosh pit with them. They're, they're currently 
hoping that whichever team might come out of the NFC West that doesn't win that division will have a worse record than them. Second place, NFC West versus the Packers. That's the way it currently looks and is shaking out right now. Mm. And the problem for Green Bay is their next game's at Buffalo in front of the whole country on a Sunday night. And they're not at all like Tampa looking efficient on offense. Some strange, strange play calls you're seeing too when the game's online. Fourth and one, going for it. Rodgers throws to Romeo Dobbs. What the hell do you have A.J. Dillon back there for? Roll him downhill? They throw it to the rookie who dropped it. Yeah. And, and they also, on the Fox broadcast, showed how Sammy Watkins, who's fresh back, didn't make the block, so Dobbs got blown up. Or he was distracted enough to drop it because Watkins was running what looked like a go route. He kept going instead of staying put to block the guy who... Dobbs needed to have blocks so he could just make the catch that, by the way, Rodgers and Devontae Adams used to make on this route in their sleep. And Heineke starts making plays. Terry McLaurin goes up top. I mean, the Packers returned one for a score. They did have a fumble return for a score wiped out on some weird illegal contact penalty. Those are beginning to roost a little bit more in the NFL right now. But here's Aaron Rodgers after the game. I mean, now it's time for the R-E-L-A-X speech for sure. And instead of getting those, we're, we're here in simplify the offense last week. Need to simplify things a bit more. And he knows three and four when the Vikings are on a bye at five and one. And Minnesota's coming off their bye week and home against Arizona before they visit Washington. They've got a trip to Buffalo of their own coming up those are the next three before they're home against Dallas and then have a Thanksgiving home date against New England he knows the Vikings are in front of them already having won beaten them at home and that the division is slipping away and the wild card mosh pit awaits this is what he had to say when you said uh, run the table a few years ago that seemed really plausible does it? Did it so? <laughs> Should we rerun history, Pete, and look at what you said about it? What'd you say? Well, I couldn't tell you for sure. I'd have to go back and look, but it was at least plausible. Plausible. And I'm wondering if that feels not <coughs> running the table, but writing the ship and getting the playoffs. Does that feel plausible right now? Right, it does. I'm not. I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us uh, this week. You know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to Buffalo on Sunday night football, the chance to get exposed, shoot, might be the best thing for us. Hmm. I mean, reverse psychology right there. Uh, by guess. the way, I will back his play right there. When he said years ago we're going to run the table, and I, I don't know the, the reporter who he who, who was talking to right there said it was plausible. I think it is 2020 hindsight that we viewed it as plausible through the current roster based on the roster that he did, in fact, run the table with years ago. And that's why he's kind of pushing back. But and I guess he's also pushing back because he's um, wondering right now. And I don't blame him because he's got to be sitting around saying, I signed up for this too, to stay here. And these are the guys that I'm surrounded with. Devontae Adams leaving definitely left a hole there. (laughs) Let's put it that way. But yeah, he's going to Buffalo. Chance to be exposed, as he says, exposed. 
Interesting choice of words right there as well. Well, no one's going to give them a shot. Well, I mean, that's why he's saying it is possible, but they'd have to run the table in order to win 13 games again as they have in each of the first three years of the Matt LaFleur era. So it sure looks like they're going to lose few. <laughs> they're going to win fewer than 13 this year, and the division is slipping away, and that's why I'm concerned about them. You might sit there and look at their roster paper to paper and say Green Bay's is better than Tampa Bay's and Rodgers is younger than Brady and they have a better out and they have a better ability to coach their way out because LaFleur is the one tied to the quarterback. Todd Bowles is not the one tied to the quarterback in Tampa. You could make all those cases, but they have a problem in the division and they're going to have to go on the road as a seven seed maybe? Unless the Giants and the Cowboys completely fall apart. And I don't see that for either one of those teams right now. Even if the Giants' razor's edge of winning one possession games begins to tip in the other way, they are 5-1. and one. You know, pardon me, they're 6-1. and one. Six and one. Not yeah, bad. Giants, They're 6-1. They're and one. One. I've got the Vikings uh, um, record in my head. They're 6-1. and one. They're 3 They're Think about that. They're six and one, and the Packers are three and four. And the Giants—they're three and a half games in front of the Green Bay Packers right now. The Giants have Seattle, Houston, and Detroit up next. And don't so. sleep on Seattle, sir. Yeah, I'm just saying. Your first place teams. team in the NFC West—that's a sneaky great Week Eight game that nobody saw coming. I'll tell you what: at this mm-hmm. point in time, with Tampa having to take on Lamar and the Ravens on a short week on Thursday Ooh. night, by the time. The game day morning crew, all four of us get in that booth in Allianz Arena in Munich coming up. Let me make sure I get this right. That's a week 10 game. By the time that that arrives, where Tampa's taken on Seattle in week 10, Seattle may have the better record. No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, You know, I I mean. Bucks are going to lose on Thursday against Baltimore. And then after that. After that, they've got a, a home date against the Rams before flying all the way to Germany to take on Seattle. That sounds awful. But I'm more concerned about Green Bay's long-term viability because they're 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 not going to win this division right now. Tampa Tampa can win this division with an eight and nine record, easy. Seven and ten. It's possible. <laughs> I'm serious. Ryan Fitzpatrick said Tampa's going to sleepwalk to 10 and 7. They could be 7 and 10 and win this division. That's entirely possible, with all due respect. It's so disrespectful. I know. <laughs> I yeah. I would say that. Who's coming out? I mean, it's Atlanta. Way. Atlanta. Yeah, I think Atlanta's pretty okay. tough. Yeah. Keep an eye on them. Pretty tough. Keep an I, eye I on them. Overreaction the Monday. Either. Math Judon. Uh, in hours two and three, respectively. Mike Florio is joining us, top of hour number two. But let's take a break because Chris Long is going to join us next to talk about everything. We didn't even hit the Chiefs and the Niners, but we'll do that uh, not only with Chris Long, but on the back end of the hour because the Chiefs, man. That's all you got to say. The Chiefs, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. Chris Long coming up. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on The Rich Eisen Show. Find out the latest and greatest audio entertainment on Audible. It's got everything you want to hear, including this very show. The Rich Eisen Show is on Audible. Along with all other podcasts, you'll also find audiobooks and exclusive originals. We're talking comedy, sports stories, deep dives with athletes and entertainers, business, and anything else that you're into. With Audible, you get access to thousands of included titles with more added every week. Listen on the road, at the gym, or anywhere you want to fuel up your imagination. Join and get 30 days free at the home of storytelling audible.com let's uh 844 rich is the number to dial if you're on hold stand hold we'll take your phone calls for sure here on this program but the next call we take is our buddy back here in the usual monday spot right here on the program the host of the green light podcast two-time super bowl champ chris long is here how you doing chris I'm not bad, man. How are you? Well, I, I'm uh, I'm a Michigan man, and uh, I I proffer to say at this point in time, I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling a little better than Tom Brady, uh, Chris Long. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Phillies man. Ah, you know, this morning especially, so things are good, man. The, the Eagles undefeated. Now the Phillies World Series. Virginia stomped out Georgia Tech. Yeah. So yeah, life is good. Nine. Life is good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all right. I mean, do you, that, that was my, that was my segue. Damn it. Um, I always mess those up. <laughs> let's get, you want. no, let's get it. Let's get to it. That was my, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with the, the bucks right now, because it's not just, it's, it's Mike Evans dropping a, a clear touchdown pass after the game. He, he, he said that he, you know, he was even deflated by, and he knew he deflated the team by dropping something like that uh clearly um the defense got gashed i mean by a running core that uh i guess is taking advantage of its opportunity with mccaffrey gone i mean the panthers should not have won that game by 18 over brady and the bucks what what are you seeing when you're watching that chris it was surreal man it was like a really tough game to watch um i mean you you actually feel i think even people that are tom brady haters would have like felt bad for tom watching this game it's just like how far he's fallen, how far, you know, the, uh, the the Bucks have fallen. They can't stop the run, which had to be something you could hang your hat on for them to be competitive. Um, you know, those guys in Carolina, I don't know if it's the fact that everybody's playing to get traded um, or if it's, you know, just the fact that it meant more to them. And I hate cliches like that. But the Bucks look like they were sleepwalking, man, and they're not very good. They're not good enough to sleepwalk. You know, they're not good enough to drop that pass. There's a couple games this year where quarterbacks needed, you know, a big reception early to get on the board. You know, like um, that I think about where somebody had a big drop. Uh, I think it was Christian Watson yes. in Green Bay. Yep. They were playing Minnesota. Like, that was one they needed, especially when, when, when you're not rolling and you're not firing on all cylinders. Like, this is a drop that, that, that absolutely killed him. I think the game probably goes different. I don't think the Bucks are – are any different as a team, but they don't get beat 21-3. And 
just crazy to see them have to kick on fourth and seven. Like they convert on fourth and two, and then they're down two touchdowns, and they instead of going on fourth and seven in the fourth quarter, they kick. And I'm I'm kind of wondering if it's just to get points on the board so Tom doesn't get shut out. Like it, it's it's wild, man. Like, and I think Steve Wilkes and um, Tucker, the quarterback, right? Um, that's his name, right, Reg? You no, know, PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Walker. Yeah. PJ Walker. No, um, with all due respect, P- yes. Yeah, basketball guy. So PJ. PJ Tucker's PJ on your Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. That's where you're PJ going. Walker, yeah. PJ Walker, who's been an XFL guy, who's gotten some spot starts. Like, he's going to be able to, to, you know, kind of put that game ball on his wall forever. Like, he beat Tom Brady, and he, and he made better throws than Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady was off. Uh, and Steve Wilkes, who obviously has had, you know, he didn't have um, a lot of time to get it right in Arizona. Uh, this isn't a situation that you feel great about inheriting. You have to trade Christian McCaffrey away this week. You know, dudes, are they locked in? You had to go to L.A. You have to come back to Carolina. And you have to host Mad Tom Brady. Like, when does Mad Tom Brady get beat by the Steelers? Right? Mm-hmm. And then the next week lay an egg like this like this is uncharted territory and i think steve wilkes deserves uh, a lot of credit um because this isn't the best situation um but that team looked hungry and their game out of first whatever that means well i mean then that's at least at least that's what that that's the the silver lining for the bucks right now at three and four is they're still in first one game in front of a dalton quarterback saints and uh, a panthers team that yeah just beat them by 18 but I don't know how many more wins they're going to be able to cobble together and you would think that the bucks would be able to do that despite the Ravens coming in in just three days' time. And then you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, and we're comparing these two for various reasons. One, they both have teams that named Bay, and they both wear 12, and they're both first ballot Hall of Famers. And just three weeks ago, we we're talking about goat versus goat when they played each other, and that's the last win that Rodgers had. Yeah. I, I, they, they're way out in the division. They're, they're way behind the Vikings, who just sat on their bye week and were laughing at the way the Packers crumbled after taking a big lead again. I, I, I don't see the way out for them in the division, and no, not the that's division. the problem. That's the problem for them is that they're they've already lost to a Giants team that they may have to be battling yeah. with for a wild card spot. I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about the Packers compared to the Bucks right oh, now. Oh, I'm the opposite. I'm you the are. Opposite. I, I don't think I don't see it. Like I don't see the pieces in Tampa, and I don't feel a good vibe down there. And the vibe's certainly not good in uh, in Green Bay. But um, I mm. still look at it like, listen, you have you have more to work with. I, the, the offensive line has has been reshuffled, right? Um, Bakhtiari's had an injury. Jenkins is moving around. We just talked about that. My brother Kyle pointed out just all the. The, the shuffling that's going on up front. And, you know, guys have dropped balls. And Aaron, honestly, like, Aaron can fix some of this stuff. Like, Aaron, the guys on Sunday Night Football last night, and I know part of it is you don't want to be too critical of, like, great, great players, but you could tell Garrett and Dungey were kind of like, yeah, let's, let's give them the business a little bit. Like, let's show people that, you know, there were throws that he didn't make. You know, I know, like, what are we doing and all that, but he wasn't perfect. I think he'd tell you that. And, the whole team, I mean, like in the first half, on first down, 
they were awful. There were a bunch of penalties. Um, they were always behind the sticks. And that's a, a tough deal. They were up 14-3. You have a chance to put that game away. And instead, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot on first down. And you're getting dominated in time of possession. I think it was 37-22. You can't convert on third down. You know, uh, and if he's not missing the open guy sometimes, like when he does have to make these throws, they have to be perfect because guys don't get any separation. Um, but I do think, like, there's a chance they make a move for somebody. I do think the defense can play better. The defense has played poorly. I think defense got tired yesterday. Um, you know, there was too much leakage in the run game. The edges weren't always great. Again, though, like just the way I wanted to talk about P.J. Uh, Walker, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about Heineke. You know, like these guys won those games. Um, you know, like how many weeks, and I'm falling in the trap because it's like looking at a car accident. Like you just, it's hard to look away. It's like, it's so bad. We got to talk about Brady and, and, and Rogers, but you know, just like Daniel Jones beat Rogers in, in London. Like I want to talk about Heineke, the, the balls he threw, uh, to McLaurin at the end of the, that game and the routes that McLaurin r- ran against their best player, you know, the second and seven, the third and 11, you know, down the stretch, the, the 37 yard touchdown, like Heineke was playing big boy ball. I'm not saying he's the answer or anything. He might be the answer for this particular team. In fact, I wouldn't go back, but um, he just gives you a fighting chance, and I thought that was a really big win for him. And the commanders just looked more alive, man. So um, good for them, uh, and just the saga continues for Green Bay, man. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show Greenlight Podcast host. So the Giants and Jets won again. They're now yeah. combined 11-3. and three. The Giants are just winning games by the skin of their teeth, coming back either in the fourth quarter or holding on for dear life. I mean, they won the game on the one-inch line um, yesterday. And then the Jets have won three in a row without a single touchdown pass thrown by their quarterback. So how how much do you believe in these teams moving forward, especially now the Jets might have lost their best offensive player for the rest of the year in Brees Hall. What do you what do you think about their long term viability, Chris Long? Yeah, that was one of those things yesterday. Like the Jets, that was a huge win, you know, to go on the road after you know, it's a letdown situation, even with, with Russell Wilson out, and honestly more so with Russell Wilson out, because I thought maybe that offense might look a little bit better, um, just because of the situation they're in with that what a rut Russ is in and the way it kind of like carries over and boils over into just the vibe of the team, but I thought this would be a little bit of a trap game, which is funny that the Jets are now like having to watch for trap games. Like y'all grew up so fast <laughs> in like a month that you have trap games. Right. Uh, but you know, Brees Hall losing him, he just broke off that really long touchdown run where he sees got like five gears, dude. The guy's just incredible. Um, another injury for a high draft pick for them, and it's it's been a bummer. Joe Joe Douglas has been drafting awesome. Uh, but whether it's Beckton, whether it's Zach to start the year, and you can see that matters because he doesn't look great. You know, um, losing Brees, the way the quarterback's kind of playing quietly, not playing that well, and then you lose that big safety blanket. Uh, that defense plays with their hair on fire. They're going to have to play really well for them to be consistently good. And that's okay. You're ahead of schedule, right? The Giants, like, and last week I said maybe the Jets offense had a higher ceiling, but this changes things and the giants 
this was a trap game for them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was New York trap game weekend. Um, you know, they weren't even favored. And I think that there was a good reason for that. The Jags play the run really well. They match up in some really tough areas for the Giants. The Giants went down there and in a scrappy way, um, they won that football game. And Daniel Jones kind of got away with one on the pick in the red zone because uh, they, they roughed him. But otherwise, he kind of just makes the right play now. You know, you know, last year where he'd fumble the ball or throw a pick, like that Daniel Jones is not around right now. And I think Brian Dable just makes a huge, huge difference. And he outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Like, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, you, you have all these shiny toys in Jacksonville. It feels like a lot of energy and action in the offseason uh, for Trevor. But um, Daniel Jones is just doing it with guys you didn't expect to have to throw to. Um, and he's lost some of his top targets. And I'm just really impressed. I'm impressed with Brian Dable, man. So the Eagles, Chris Long, sitting on their bye week. Watching yeah. watching the Cowboys play a game against the Lions where Dak returns and it it, it looked like that that's what it would have been fine if it was Cooper Rush, right? Now mm-hmm. Dak is back, but he's getting his sea legs under him. At least you're seeing that. He's back. The Giants barely beat Jacksonville. The Packers and the Bucks are three and four, which is now the same record for the 49ers. That division's led by Geno Smith and the Seahawks, and they've already eviscerated the Vikings in week two. Do you think this is now the conference to lose for Philadelphia, Chris? I think they're the best team in the conference, but I, I you know, like, I just want to be wary of getting too out ahead of ourselves here. I mean, like, I, the Niners, who you almost didn't mention, I and I don't blame you, the three and four are really good. Like, they're, I judge a team on what they're going to be in December. You know, like, I see where this team's going to be. Like, I I know they don't look great right now. They had a quarterback change. Um, Trent's been out. They've had injuries defensively. Um, This was a a distracting week for the Niners. Like, I know it's all positive. They're good distractions. You're getting Nick Bosa back. You're getting this guy back. getting Trent Williams back. You're getting Christian McCaffrey, like, 12 hours after the trade, (laughs) walks out on the field for practice. Like, there's a buzz, right? But, like, people aren't thinking about – their opponent as much. And I'm not saying they weren't focused. I've just been on NFL teams where there's a lot going on. And even if it's good, sometimes the buzz in the building can be a little distracting. And, hmm. you know, they had a chance to put that game away, not away because the game's never put away with, with Patrick. Um, but like Jimmy doesn't throw that pick before the half, which is a big if they're in good shape. And, you know, they're up 10 points early in the game. This is two weeks in a row. The Niners have, have given up a, a bad turnover before the half last week. Nobody was really watching this game, but the Falcons forced a fumble and ran it in for a touchdown. And, you know, before the half, like the middle eight, like the eight minutes, the four before the half and the four after the half are really important. And um, you got to take care of the football. I think the Niners are really good. I think the Vikings are quietly really good. And I don't think they'll play as bad. Their game plan was bad when they played the Eagles early in the season and the Cowboys, man, like you've got to give them their props. Like, not only for being this good, but the way they've kind of orchestrated overcoming everything they have, like the receivers start the season, like James Washington, you bring him in, he's hurt. You know, you got to bring a returner in from one of these arena leagues. You've got, um, you've got, you've got Cooper leaving, 
you know, a, a whole host of stuff going on that's distracting outside, and then you lose Dak. The defense plays well enough not only to, to, to keep them in games but to win games. I thought they'd be out of it by the time Dak got back. They're not, and they pick a perfect landing spot for Dak because Detroit was the perfect game for Dak to come back in and, as you said, get his sea legs under him. Um, he made good throws. You know, they pushed the ball downfield more than they have all year. And so it's what you want to see. And I just want to shout out Micah Parsons, man. You know, like every week it's something different. Mm-hmm. And Sam Williams had the big game. But Micah running down, I forget who it was, at the pylon. They're up 10-6. Detroit's going to go in and score. And, and that building's going to get kind of uneasy. Um, Parsons runs the guy down. He runs by, I think I counted him, six of his teammates to knock this guy out of bounds. And the very next play, Jamal Williams fumbles. So not only their best player, but leads by example. And I think, like, I couldn't give him a higher compliment. I mean, that's a huge play. And right now they got guys playing like leaders. So uh, last one for you, Chris Long. Um, The Bills and the the – Chiefs clearly at the top of the the mix in the AFC, and yeah. the Titans essentially wrapped up the AFC South in Week Seven. They swept the Colts, and we, yeah. you know, I don't think Houston and Jacksonville are going to come hunting for them. And the Bengals looked really—I mean, that's two games in a row for Joe Burrow where he's been MVP-like. Which one of those two do you think has the best shot at uh, crashing the the Bills? Chiefs party. You say the, the the Bengals or Titans. You know, I don't know, man. I think the Bills are pretty damn good. I think it just comes down to the Bills and the and the Chiefs. But you know, like it's the playoffs, and get if you get in the dance, you know, Derrick Henry scares you, Joe Burrow scares you. There's things that scare you about those teams. But you know, I will say this about the Bengals: like uh, Atlanta was down yesterday a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right, and Joe's going to pick on a a banged up secondary. So I, I'd like to see this happen, you know, a few weeks in a row before we're like, yeah, since he's back, yeah, I think they'll be back. And um, but I, I just want to see it happen. And and yeah, Tennessee, they're hard to kill, man. Like they're just they just don't go away. You know, like they're on the they're on the small TV, they're on a game you're not watching some some weekends. They're like. Yeah, you know, you're kind of like, what happened in the Tennessee game? But they just find a way to win, and they, they muddy it up. And that's why Vrabel's a hell of a coach. Um, and, yeah, the, the Colts, the, the, the peak of their their whole kind of like uh, Reich-Ballard era is like the Phillip Rivers era. Is that crazy? Yeah. You know, it's like everything you've built, like the crescendo was, you know, sliding in the playoffs and losing the Bills on a Paris Campbell drop. Like, it's just kind of depressing if you're a Colts fan. What do you think they do? Do they bench Matt Ryan? They can't do that, right? I mean, they got to no, take no, 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 no. I don't know what they do. I think they got to take their medicine, you know? This is the way you've, you've decided to do things is bet on veteran quarterbacks and, you know, on one-year deals and kind of, I don't know, I, I it's it's tough. I feel bad for him because there's some really good players on that team, and you know there's guys like Quentin Nelson who have been there through it all, and that defense is pretty good. But it just, yeah. I think we went around the league with you here, man. Week seven in the books uh, tonight on Monday Night Football. Well, who's on the green light pod this week? Who do you got for me? 
So I got Max Crosby coming on. I love him. Um, fresh off a big win, he's awesome. He's hell on wheels. He is he's fun. And then, and then like uh, we'll just we'll just kind of BS, you okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. By the way, I love how you said Tennessee's on the small TV. What is your TV situation looking like on a, on a Sunday? How many TVs you got? What are you doing? So we got like five or six here okay. at uh, Greenlight. But when okay. I was home yesterday because I went to New York Saturday night. I the, saw that. You went to one Yankees of the Yankees games. Geez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Running into Ted Cruz? You run into him, Chris? No, you no, run into him? I, okay. I did. I, I ran into Billy Football, if you know who Billy Football is. Billy Football. Part of my tech guy. But like. Uh, yeah, I, I, that city turned me into just, uh, you know, I wanted to suck my thumb all Sunday. I was just, like, hurting so bad. So I stayed home, and I had to really, <laughs> yeah, I had to, I, I didn't have an ideal uh, ticket set up or okay. a TV set up. So okay. but Yankee Stadium was cool. I was doing a little oppo research on the Astros. That was the only reason I didn't go to the Phillies game. All right, man. I mean, that Bryce Harper home run, a two-run shot to wrap it up in the eighth inning. Oh. I mean, that's the stuff that kids dream of in the backyard, right? When they're calling their own highlights and pitching to themselves and hitting one over the hedges, you know, and acting Dude, like he, they just did in front of 50,000 screaming people. What a what a home I run. Felt, I, I felt like uh, that's got to be the best feeling any yeah. athlete's felt in 2022. Hitting that ball out mm. in that situation. Like, you built a statue about this stuff they win the whole thing, so... I look forward to look forward to it. Thanks for the call, Chris Long. I uh, enjoy that chat with Max Crosby. What a story! He's he's a new dad too. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. They they came off the bye. Josh Jacobs is running the hell out of the football, and the defense is balling out. So we'll see what happens with the Raiders. Thanks for the call, Chris Long. Okay, Rich. Talk to you. Green Light Podcast. We're all podcasts required. Check it out. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. You can listen to the NFL on the NFL app, on the Odyssey app, on WestwoodOneSports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, sponsored by AutoZone. I got uh, my own take on uh, which team could join the Bills Chiefs party. That's coming up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Mike Florio just posted something about wondering of Nathaniel Hackett's job. That's coming up top of hour two. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. 
So uh, yesterday, Kansas City Chiefs go into San Francisco. San Francisco's got Christian McCaffrey. They have a package for him. It's a package. Yeah. Third down red zone packages for Christian McCaffrey. You just heard Chris Long say that that even good stuff, a good buzz in the building can be a distraction. Okay, so they got a lot of moving parts, and now they got him here, and he's added to the mix. And on a Friday, and I don't think there was a distraction. I think the distraction was Kansas City just being that freaking good. And this is what I saw on this weekend for this game. Let us bury the Tyreek Hill's not there so the Chiefs don't have a significant quick strike passing game anymore. Let's mm-hmm. bury that now. Let's bury it. Because we saw yesterday Nicole Hardman with a couple of rushing touchdowns along with another what looked like a rushing touchdown, but it was Mahomes just flipping it to him on on uh, a quick sort of, one would say, uh, sweep right in front of him. Juju Smith-Schuster, buck 24 and a score. That was his best game as a chief, right? But the one that leaps out to me, the one that leaps out to me absolutely considerably, the one that leaps out to me the most, okay, is third and 11. Niners come back in this game, taking a two-score game and making it 28 to 23. And it's third and 11. And it looks like the Niners are going to get off the field and get the ball right back and maybe take the lead. And things are going to get hairy inside the field of jeans. <laughs> and what happens? Mahomes goes up top on third and 11 to find a wide open Marquez wide Valdez open. Scantling, 51 yards. And that's the moment right there. We can bury forever that Tyreek's not there anymore. And therefore, the Chiefs don't have a quick strike offense anymore and they are not to be feared deep anymore, and that's the end of it. Yes, bury it, TJ. Rich, with bury all due it. respect to Marquez valdez Scaling, he is not Tyreek Hill. Okay, I'm, I'm not he saying is. he's not Tyreek Hill. He, I'm saying he there's more weaponry at the disposal of Mahomes now. There are more diversified offense now, and they can still beat you deep off the top. Ask Aaron Rodgers if he'd like MVS back right now i think the answer would be yes immediately didn't stutter quickly before you even finished your sentence 10 times out of 10 of course i'm not sitting here saying valdez scantling is tyreek hill i'm saying they can still beat you deep and they can still do whatever the hell else they want down distance doesn't matter to this team man and there was Nick Bosa back there, and they did have Trent Williams back, and Frank Clark did go right around him to end the game for a safety that kind of wrapped it up. Because when the Chiefs watched the Niners get within five, and then they scored again, and then that was the end of it. That was a wrap. Chiefs got it done. And now I'm already hearing, already hearing, it's... The AFC, despite how deep the AFC West was, right? Despite how Deshaun Watson's now in Cleveland. And by the way, two and five in the first seven without Watson. They can't get him back fast enough. And by the time he gets back, season may be over. And we're seeing an AFC East that's a lot more stout than we thought. 
But the Bills are still ruling that race, despite the Jets having as many wins as we're currently talking as the Bills. And the Titans did what the Titans do, which is start 0-2, and now they've won four in a row, and nobody's paying attention to them. Because other than Derrick Henry, who do you have from the Titans on your fantasy team? Nobody. And it's a fantasy football-driven world we live in. I told you not to sleep on the Bengals, and you better not do it now. Because guess who's coming? The Bengals. Joe Burrow has put back-to-back MVP-style games together. The defense, okay, the defense is still doing its thing, certainly in the second half. I know Atlanta was banged up, but what you're supposed to do against banged-up teams is beat the crap out of them. The Bengals are the last team to beat the Jets. Okay, after the Jets fell to one and two, they've won four in a row. Bengals were the last team to beat them. And guess who's coming for both the Bills and the Chiefs? The Bengals are on their schedule. Buffalo sees them in week 17, and Kansas City sees them in week 13. So they'll have a say. They'll have a say still. I'm not going to sleep on them at all. Jamar Chase is beginning to get moving. They still haven't even run the football very well either. True. And still Burrow has too many guys in his lap. But this team dead in the water at 0-2, right? They were supposed to be finished at 0-2. And I know the Ravens got them, but the Bengals still damn near won that one. Look out. Next up for the Browns is this guy in Cincinnati on a Monday night in week eight. Look out. After that, it's Carolina, then a bye, and then they're at Pittsburgh on a Sunday night before they go to Tennessee. That'll be a fascinating game. And then they, after Tennessee, go to Kansas City. Bengals should not be overlooked. Just ask the Chiefs how the Bengals tasted from December on last year. Didn't go down very well. Maybe, you know, I still think it's the Bills world. We're paying rent, but it's not a two-team race. The Bills have already beaten Tennessee, and Tennessee can say, well, we weren't that same team that we are now. They haven't lost since that game in week two. They've won four in a row as well. But if I had to put a marker on another team that's going to join this Chiefs-Bills party... I would choose the Cincinnati Bengals. You're defending AFC champs, and that's not just because Joe Burrow's coming on this show Wednesday. I would have said it otherwise. Mike Florio coming up. 